Sound, presented by Banks, a podcast for cannabis professionals. According to the National Center for PTSD, about 11 to 20 of every 100 veterans who served in Operation Iraqi Freedom or Operation Enduring Freedom have PTSD in a given year. I wanted to talk with one of those veterans diagnosed with PTSD, and thus I was introduced to Sean Azaridi. Uh, my name is Sean Azaridi. I am a Marine Corps veteran. I run a extraction facility here in Denver, Colorado. If Sean's name sounds familiar to you, it's because on January 1st, 2014, he became the first person to purchase legal recreational cannabis in the United States. I'm Hannah Holmgren, and you're listening to Seed to Sound. Uh, it was definitely the craziest day of my life. Uh, I wasn't expecting there to be as many people there that there were. It was, the entire room was just packed full of media and cameras. It was you couldn't move. It was an absolute just crazy scene. And uh, I, I definitely wasn't expecting it. I was I knew it was going to be somewhat of a big deal, but I wasn't expecting it to be as big of a deal that it was. Uh, and as somebody with PTSD, I, I definitely wouldn't suggest anybody putting themselves out there like that because I, I really wasn't ready for the amount of coverage that it was going to get and just for how long. My, I was answering phone calls and emails for two, three months after almost every day. Now, you served two tours in Iraq as part of the U.S. Marine Corps. As is not atypical for members of the military after serving, you were diagnosed with PTSD. What made you first turn to cannabis as an option for treatment? So I actually was very fortunate. I moved to Colorado in 2006. So I was right on the cusp of the, the medical boom. People were still, it's, it was still a lot of people growing here, so it was easy to get my hands on, on cannabis. And I was starting to be prescribed just obscene amounts of prescription pills, uh, just from the VA. It was just uh, Xanax and Klonopin and uh, Seroquel and just c cocktails that were making me a pretty much a useless human. And at that time, there wasn't really a lot of information out there about PTSD and marijuana. Um, luckily, I, I had a couple of friends who said, hey, you should maybe try this. So um, I slowly started to incorporate cannabis into my treatment, uh, as well as doing uh, assisted therapy. I was going to therapy five days a week. That was basically my job for a solid six months, was just to try and get myself right, get off of any of the medications that I was being prescribed and just utilizing cannabis when I needed it to, to treat my PTSD and uh, become a functioning human again. I mean, honestly, uh, it was bad for a while. And I don't think I would be sitting here talking to you if I wasn't in Colorado at the right place and the right time. So uh, that's why I do a lot of the advocating that I that I do now is because it saved my life. And I'd like to not just veterans, just any person who suffers and can utilize cannabis to help them, they should have that that right. They should be able to utilize that. And um, so that's why I, I continue to advocate and fight and fight for everyone's right to, you know, have safe access to cannabis. Sean used his sudden cannabis industry fame and his existing knowledge of the industry to become an advocate for cannabis use for veterans. So now you've touched on it a little bit, but if you wouldn't mind going into more detail, tell me about the work that you've done as an advocate for cannabis accessibility for veterans. Sure. Uh, well, I, I just started out by just talking to people, you know, just saying, hey, I'm a veteran and this is something that's helped me. This is how I've utilized it to, to help me with my PTSD. And just to go back to the right place, right time, uh, I had a, f a friend of a friend that knew Mason Tvert, 
if you're familiar with him, he yes. is, you know, basically the, the one of the main guys behind Amendment 64 passing. And I was able to link up with him and tell him my story and how cannabis has helped me. Um, and he actually gave me a really good platform. He was gave me speaking events and um, I actually worked on the Amendment 64 campaign. I did a commercial that aired all over the state asking people to vote yes on Amendment 64 because cannabis uh, wasn't a qualifying ailment to uh, obtain your medical um excuse me because ptsd wasn't a qualifying ailment to obtain uh, your medical marijuana card um, until recently so uh, i've worked on that as well we lobbied for five years to have it added and it was finally added to the qualifying ailments um, i've been fortunate enough to go uh, to washington dc to lobby congress with other veterans uh, we, we lobbied for the carers act and uh, we were fortunate enough to be followed around by vice for the week wow. so yeah, they did, a, they did a piece, which was great. It was great coverage. And uh, I worked with a organization called the Weed for Warriors Project, mm -hmm. which supplied veterans with uh, free or very low-cost marijuana to treat any, anything that they were, you know, traumatic brain injury, PTSD, pain. Um, they're a great organization. So um, that, this is some of the stuff that I've done. Like I've been on different panels for the High Times Cannabis Cup and just anything that I can do to spread the word out there and let people know, hey, this is something that can actually help people and it's not just a reason to get stoned, uh, I'll, I'll usually do it. One of the things that really struck me when I was researching for this episode, and even more so when Sean and I started talking, was how many vets reached out to Sean to ask his advice. They opened themselves up to him by telling him their stories and about their struggles. Sean has been a beacon in this industry for vets looking for another course of treatment. That was part of the influx of uh, people. You know, I went from 100-something Facebook friends to I couldn't add anymore <laughs> very quickly. And I didn't know that there was a uh, there was an other inbox in my Facebook, too. And I, I didn't check that for a few months. And there was two, three hundred messages from people in there. Wow. And, and I did my best to reply to every single one. And, and I've had a lot of veterans and veterans' families that have reached out and say, hey, Thanks for doing what you do like this. My dad was a Vietnam veteran. This is something that could really have helped him. So we really appreciate it. And I've, I've done a lot of stuff in other states to try and get people involved, you know, because it's like I said, we're lucky. We live in Colorado. And even though it wasn't uh, medically accessible for PTSD, we still were able to get our hands on it. And a lot of people in states outside of here don't even have that. They have to live in fear of if I get caught with this, you know, I could lose a lot. You know, I could go to jail. I could, I could potentially lose VA benefits. You know, there's a lot of people out there that the stigma is still real. So um, any veteran or anybody that reaches out to me, uh, I'll, I'll do whatever I can to, to at least reply back and give them the best advice that I can. According to the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, quote unquote, as long as the FDA classifies marijuana as a Schedule One narcotic, VA healthcare providers may not recommend it or assist veterans to obtain it. The VA does insist that veterans will not be denied VA benefits because of marijuana use, and that in fact veterans are encouraged to discuss marijuana use with their VA providers. Why is it important that veterans have easier access to medical cannabis? Well, like, like I said, they, everybody should be able to, everybody's different. So everybody should be able to treat their PTSD or whatever they're dealing with in their own way. If it works for, if prescription pills works for somebody and, and cannabis doesn't, then do that, you know, but you should have the option and the right to be able to try to utilize cannabis. And if it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But 
It's just having the right to do it. If everybody had the, the, the safe access to cannabis and they wouldn't have that stigma around it where they would be worried about getting caught or worried about potentially losing benefits or, or anything like that. So it, I think it's very important. And like I said, I don't think it's going to work for everyone, but there's a lot of people out there that it definitely could work for. And it's a safer alternative than eating prescription pills all day. Thanks to people like Sean sharing their story, the stigma associated with PTSD and the stigmas associated with PTSD and cannabis use are dwindling. So what does the future look like for Sean Azaridi? You know, hopefully pretty bright. <laughs> uh, I've been working in the cannabis industry for a long time, and I love it. I want to continue to grow with it. It's definitely had its trials and tribulations and its growing pains, and I've seen a lot of people come and a lot of people go throughout the industry, and it's not always the easiest, you know, choice to, to make to work here, but um, I love it. And I want to continue to work in, in the cannabis industry. I love uh, doing extractions and we're just being in a lab in general. So, you know, hopefully it's pretty bright and I can con continue to grow with this industry. Now, this is a question we ask all of our guests on Seed to Sound. What is the biggest myth about cannabis or the industry that you'd like to dispel? I, I would say the biggest, the biggest, uh, what was it? The biggest, the biggest myth is that we're all just kind of hey dude stoners, you know, that we're all lazy and we're just like, oh, I just want to get high all day, which <laughs> is great because I love getting high and it really helps me and it's, it's awesome. But on the other side of that coin, you know, I, I work 50 hours a week and not everybody that utilizes cannabis is just a lazy stoner. And, right. And that's a stigma that I think is starting to go away as more and more states become legal. But, you know, that's always been the one that stuck out the most to me because um, I, I definitely am a stoner, but, you know, I don't I, I'm very productive. And I don't think I think without cannabis, I would be in a lot worse place and I would probably, you know, not be as successful as I am right now, uh, which is I think it's helped me more than anything. So I'd like to I'd like people to know that for sure. <laughs> Now we're going to do our rapid fire question round. We've only done this once before. <laughs> I thought it went really well. Okay. Um, well, we're going to see how it goes today. Um, all right. And let's start. What's your current favorite TV show or movie? You know, I always say Larry David's my spirit animal, so I'll probably have to go with Curb Your Enthusiasm as my t favorite TV show. Movie? You know, I haven't really... I just saw a really good documentary about uh, Trey Anastasio, the the uh, guitarist for Fish, my favorite band. Um, so that's probably my favorite movie currently. I just saw that in theaters last week. Cool. On a scale of one to ten, how good of a driver are you? I mean, I'd say a ten. It's <laughs> it, de but it depends. I, I actually consider myself a very good driver. All right, so. I believe you. I've never been in a car with you, but <laughs> yeah. I believe you. <laughs> What's the place you most want to travel? Fiji. Nice. Have you ever worn socks with sandals? Definitely not. Thank God. <laughs> do you prefer present? Oh, do you prefer to give presents or to get them? I mean, I'd like to say that I prefer to give them, but who doesn't like getting a present? Hell yeah, be selfish. <laughs> uh, uh, coffee or tea? So I actually just switched to tea during the week and coffee on the weekend, so I'm going to have to go with tea. Very nice. All right, we got through six questions in a minute. Cool. Well, That's thank it. you for having me. Thank you so much, Sean. Yeah, this was a blast. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. And Thanks to everybody who's listening right now. Seed to Sound, presented by Vangst, a podcast for cannabis professionals. Produced by Hannah Holmgren, music by Tyson Weigel. For more information, visit vangst.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. 
To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on PodConX and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.